quarterfinal because there's no extra time or penalties in prospect tonight, but there's still plenty on the line. حالا تو اون جنا ادامه بازی ارسال وحید سردار میزن و به بیرون سردار آزمون میرفت دروازه عراق رو دوباره باز کنه بعد از چهار سال با هم ببینیم عالی توی شرط ایدال قرار میگیرن احمد یاسین احمد یاسین احمد یاسین و حالا یه موقعیت خطرناک رو عراق از دست میده میاد توپش داخل محبته جریمه پرسد سردار سردار توپ گرفت دست صفحادی روشن این توپ راحت از این صحنه بازم رد شد یه حرکت کونجنو علی ادنان میفرسته وای خطرناک مرسی علی بیرانوند اگه ادامهش بدیم امید میفرسته خدا ضربه سر اول از دفاع سبت پوش پشت محبت جریمه این برخورد خطا برای عراق At the Al Maktoum Stadium, it's Iran nil, Iraq nil. Hi everybody and welcome back to another episode of Golbezan Podcast, your number one podcast about Iranian football. And this time we will have a special focus on the current Asian Cup 2019 in UAE. Uh, with me, I have my dear friends Sina Saimyan and Arya Arya Alawardi. How are you guys? Hi, Pejpran. It's, uh, it's good, good to speak to you. Hi, guys. Yeah, it's good to be back. And we'll have a special guest in uh, Navi that will come on later. Okay, guys, let's start off directly. Uh, a short recap of what happened. Iran have played three games so far in the Asian Cup, the group stages. Uh, a start of 5-0 win against Yemen. Uh, 2-0 win against uh, Vietnam. And the last game was... Uh, goalless draw against Iraq. So we're going to shortly start to discuss about the Iraq game, uh, what we can say about the starting lineup, or maybe uh, let that to Sina. Sina, what do you think about the uh, starting lineup that Kairos presented uh, versus Iraq? Well, I mean, in the lead up to the game, I was kind of expecting Kairos to uh, make a few changes. Uh, mostly because we had done the t- uh, hard part and we got the six points from the first two games, and uh, we only needed a draw from Iraq to to qualify for the for the next round. And uh, to be honest, in group stages, as as we've mentioned before, uh, in any tournament, the most important thing is getting the job done. It doesn't matter how you do it; it's just about getting it done. And I think, um, considering that players like Esan Hoysafi and Mehdi Atarimi already had a yellow card, so he didn't want to risk suspension for those two so he decided to rest them and of course he rested Motoza Pureli and uh, Ashkan Dejaga as well who uh, had started and um, played full 90 minutes in, in, in uh, both of uh, the the games against Yemen and, and Vietnam so but again I think the lineup that he put out was uh, was good enough uh, to get a draw um, I think of course uh, having watched the game there's parts there's uh, certain aspects aspects of the game that we could have done better but in terms of the lineup I wasn't really that surprised and I, mean, I think we were um, good enough the, the lineup was good enough to get a draw uh, Sina I want to uh, still uh, ask you after the game I think you tweeted that this is one of the worst games you've seen by Kerosh during his spell in Iran after the goalless draw against uh, China as well um, and now you seem not so uh, you don't have the same uh, ideas anymore or do you still think that this is one of the worst games you've seen by Iran? 
Oh no, it, it was. It was. It was a terrible game to watch personally. I thought, especially the second half, was a torture. I mean, from the neutral point of view, it was probably a good game because, of course, you know, Iran and Iraq rivals. Of course, we know what happened in the last Asian Cup, so he made good viewing. But I think, from from my perspective, it was a it wasn't a good performance from Iran at all. But again, when you look at the bigger picture, this wasn't the same game as it was in 2015, where it was a sort of thing, you know, where if you win, you go through; if you lose, you're completely out. No. And I think that kind of took the edge off it from the Iranian perspective, from Kairosh as well. So I think, again, going back, it was about getting the job done. We got the job done. We got the draw. But in terms of the performance, the performance was not good at all. And there's a lot of things that we could go into that I'm sure we will in the rest of the podcast. Arya, uh, your favorite player, Majid Hosseini, started the game against Iraq after resting versus Vietnam. Uh, how did you see his uh, style of play versus Iraq? And uh, how, do you, how did you see the game versus Iraq? Was it as as a hard-fought uh, battle that's uh, the rest of us saw it? Uh, yeah, I think that, the, first of all, the game itself. Um, Sina, I, I disagree with your point that, the, from a neutral's point of view, it was for good It was good viewing. I mean, if you look at the match itself, there was, I think it was 32 fouls given by the referee and five bookings. And the, the game was constantly blow the whistle, foul, free kick. Every contact, every every challenge was a foul. Every you know touch in midfield was a foul. You know the referee was blowing his whistle for everything. And for me, it really disrupted the the flow of the match. And I think that you could see um, you know players like Vaid Amiri and um, Omid Ibrahimi becoming very petulant as the game went on because they were getting frustrated. I think even from an Iraq uh, supporters' point of view. I think they had decisions go against them. You know, Godus probably should have got sent off. Um, you know, there was a couple of things that happened that, you know, you know, for both teams, maybe should have had a penalty a few times. It uh, wasn't given. There wasn't even looked at. You know, the, the referee behind the goal didn't even give his opinion on it. You know, it was just, for me, the referees ruined the match. I mean, you, you can't always blame referees, but it was one of these occasions where, the referees didn't really let the game flow. But in terms of the Majid Hosseini, yeah, I think he was, you know, I think he deserved to start again. You know, he had, he had a, a poor game against Yemen. Uh, Prali Ganji had a poor game against Vietnam. Uh, so he came in and replaced him with alongside Kanani. I think they did pretty well. They got a clean sheet. Uh, however, Iran didn't have a shot on target for the full 90 minutes. They didn't have one shot on target. And I think that it showed how defensive we played. Uh, of course, you know, we're, we're playing for the result. We weren't playing to to win the match. The Kairos didn't tell the players, you have to go win the match, you know, because it wasn't that mindset. The mindset was just finish first in the table and, you know, get a tournament, you know, flowing in, into the knockout stages because... Yeah, yeah Arya, but one, one question or two questions. The first one about the referee, Yermato from Uzbekistan, one of uh, the best in Asia we had. He been in the World Cup. I mean, yeah, I'm surprised he, he's a good referee as well. Uh, do, do you think that he was in some sort bad for both teams, or was it, in your opinion, Iran that that got uh, the most off him? Yeah, you know, you're right. I think we got a couple of things that that go went against us. Like, like I said, every time there was a a challenge, I think it was an an occasion where Vaid Amiri and it was a Humam Tarir went into a a headed challenge in the air and it was a pretty much it was you know one against one there wasn't really someone more aggressive than, than the other 
um, and uh, Vidarme got got a yellow card for it. You know, for me, there was a couple of times where we got the foul given against us, where there was pretty pretty much none, nothing in it in terms of you know a foul from each other. So, yeah, I think we maybe got a little bit a little bit more um, decisions against us, but I think Iraq as well. Iraq had a couple of things that went against them, but. The refereeing was poor. We can't we can't just you know disagree on that. The refereeing was poor, and I think it, it disrupted the fold of the game a lot. I'm I'm sorry, but there was there was no rhythm in the game. That that was the issue. Also, I think going back to what you said, um, it was good for neutrals because neutrals watch for the fouls and the fights. They don't watch for quality. They don't watch Iran against Iraq for the quality. I mean, the last tournament was a one-off. They wanted to watch it because of the rivalry. And I think they got it. I mean, I got a lot of reactions from the non-Iranian and non-Iraqi point of view that it was a good game. It was a good nil. No, we surprised me. But then I understood why. Because of the controversies. Also, the referee, I don't think he made that many mistakes. I mean, apart from the Salman Gordus red card, I don't think he, he made that much of an influence to the game. The rhythm um, that you're mentioning, and I agree, but that was, that was from our, our fault. We had no rhythm in our game. The fouling was coming from our side. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think we were doing that many fouls. And and Majid Hussein in the first game, Ibrahimi in this game, Wodus again in this game. It was constant fouling in midfield, and it's become it's it's more because of the fact that they're so hyped up, they 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 are pumped up. They want to win the ball. They want to win the game, but they make stupid challenges. And we discussed this in the last uh, few games, and I think. Uh, again, in this game, it was even more so because the emotional uh, override was was uh, too much. Let's ask our dear guest, Navid Taher. Navid, first start to introduce yourself, uh, who you are and your background with Iranian football, and also your views about what the guys have been saying so far. Um, yeah, first of all, thank you guys for having me. It's a great honor. Always been a fan of the podcast. And yeah, I'm happy to be part of it. Uh, I'm 24 years old from Germany, I'm half Turkish, half Iranian, but a very passionate Team Milli fan and I'm reading a lot on it and watching every game and um, yeah, Team Milli fanatic, like you could say. Um, I saw the game like the guys saw it. Um, I first read many like comments of Iranian fans being sad or um, upset that we didn't win the game because obviously because of the great rivalry and the 2015 controversial calls and game we really wanted that revenge and um, but what people didn't see is that our world-class coach Carlos Kirsch saw the bigger picture in my opinion he knew what this lineup which was more defensively minded with introducing Rus Bicheshmi and uh, uh, having Omi Ibrahimi and um, Amiri who was a winger but also more defensively minded he knew um, we would uh, he would secure the the clean sheet most likely like he was confident enough that we would get the draw the nil nil which was enough to pass um, on top of the table and that's all what counts in the end um, obviously it would have been nice to uh, win the game to have a little confident boost but uh, Carlos knows like why waste your energy in a yeah technically meaningful this game because it's at the end also only like three points it wasn't a um, knockout game so he knew with um, the sort of lineup he would for sure most likely secure the clean sheet which happened eventually obviously and we also had good chances to score and I think his aim especially in the first half as we were bad in the first half we had um, two three very good chances like usually Sardar Osmond scores that header like with closed eyes and scored even actually from a similar position this, this time was the, the cross on the left side 
and in 2015 was from the right side. A similar goal against Iraq like this, Willis had it in but unfortunately didn't go in. It happens. Also, Jahan Bash had a good chance. But um, Karish knew, like, with this lineup, um, he wanted to go for the first goal in the first half. I think the first half were clearly better than Iraq. They didn't have almost any um, clear chance. I think one shot on goal, which was an easy save for Bayernman. And um, you could see, like... We were the better team in the second half. It got a bit sloppy. Like you could see, also towards the end, Carlos like was trying to put in um, some players like Ashkan. Um, to also, as we said, we lost the rhythm in the game, or maybe maybe never even existed because it was a lot of like almost like the old like kick and rush and long ball game that he put Ashkan. He knows like Ashkan is an experienced player. He knows he's the type of guy who puts the foot on the pedal. It's like, hey guys, relax. Like I'm. I'm like leading this game to get some um, possession also back because we had many like easy losses in the game. I'm losing the ball easily. And um, I think. Navid, uh, wait, wait. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you. I have a question for you. Yeah. Or this is an opinion I have. Yeah. Uh, and maybe not so popular among, amongst Iranians. But yeah. in my world, I think actually that Carlos Kairos lost the battle of the coaches. And why? Because in the second half, usually Kerr is really good between the halves and can make important changes and control the game. Yes. But for me, in the second half, Iraq uh, played smarter. They had a good pressure. They didn't let uh, players such as Jahan Bakhsh or any other important offensive players do their work. And uh, as we saw, they were the, the team that was closest to actually winning with that uh, opportunity that they had. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, we shouldn't underestimate what Iraq did and at the same time be maybe a bit worried about uh, a decent team like Iraq. Putting some pressure on Iran causes this kind of trouble uh, that it did. Do you do you agree with that? Um, I think it's more from the fact that Iraq had to win the game. Like we were um, good with a draw. In the second half, you could see like that nothing to lose at all. They were already second, so they tried more offensively, and they had some good attacks. Obviously, that one save from Bernman. But besides even that, like I didn't see the many clear chances that that one dangerous cross in and the one save from Bernman and some dangerous actions in the last third. But other than that, it was nothing really dangerous. They like. Because, I mean, in the first half, they were, like, almost not in our half. Like, we were controlling the game, even if we weren't playing great. But I get what you mean. Maybe also, like, the players got a bit too gassed, too heated, like, got influenced by the referee's decision because they were against some controversial calls. We did not get, like, those 50-50 calls, which are, like, we're almost used to not getting. And maybe that got to the players' heads. Maybe they got too comfortable. Maybe they were already thinking about the next game. Um but I think for Kerridge, the most important thing this whole game from the first minute was to secure the clean sheet because he knew, like, Iraq is a decent team, but I think he's, his opinion was, like, if he locks it down, like, he knows, like, they won't score most likely. And we still have quality up front with Jahan Bash, Budos, and Osmond, um, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jahan Bash didn't perform well again, but, okay, he didn't play since the beginning of November, so... Um, Kairos like sees the bigger picture and he knows like the next game is a more important game and um, he wanted to give some players some playing time who haven't played so far like Mohamedi I think who played great and I hope we will see him again but I unfortunately doubt it yeah um, um, yeah thank you Navid Uh, that was Navid Tahir from thank you 
uh, our uh, friendly guest. I'm sure he will be back uh, in the future as well. Thank you very much. Uh, Sina, what do you think about the halftime changes? Um, I think you were absolutely correct. I couldn't agree with you more in terms of what you said in regards to Iraq changing uh, a bit of their tactics and, and formation in the second half and making a massive difference. I think in the first half, I mean, to be honest, they had a good game plan from the first minute because they pressed us for the first 10, 15 minutes. They didn't let us settle into the game. We couldn't string our passes together. And then for the rest of the game, in the first half, of course, we had a few chances. But in the second half, and especially with the introduction of Bashe, I think they started to um, expose our flanks a little bit more. I mean, there was occasions where they even had three players on, on each side, on, on one wing, which then would, would have brought one of the central midfielders out to help out. And then Cheshmi was, was isolated at points and he had a poor game in the second half, but it was mostly because Iraq managed to ex- expose that really well. Um, came on really late um, and again it was it was at a point where we had lost the uh, possession game uh, I think everyone was panicking a little bit um, and even looking at the stats after the game I think we only managed to uh, string 280 passes together for the entire game which is a massive difference compared to the last two games and I, I know of course you talk about the opposition the quality of them Yemen and uh, Vietnam but um, I think there was a huge uh, change of mentality and approach uh, in this game for us compared to the first two games. But uh, Iraq did that really well in the second half. They exposed us. If they had a little bit more quality in the, in the final third, I think they could have scored. They had a few chances, of course, with um, Allah Abbas's header and Bayrama's great save and a couple of other chances. Ali Adnan on the left was, was really, really dangerous. Hamam Tara was 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 uh, brilliant on the, on the right-hand side. And... Um, you're, you're, you're right. I think they, they did their homework really well. And um, they for me, they were the better team for the entire game. Um, of course, there were parts in the first half that we had chances, but um, I couldn't agree, more, agree with you more in terms of how things change from halftime. Yeah, maybe this was an important wake-up call for Iran or, or the fans. And maybe, I know where we are talking to ourselves and saying it's, a draw was, was enough, but I still think that Kairos went for, for the win. But that's that. Uh, Iran are qualified for the next round. The opponents will be Oman. Oman, a team that Iran actually has lost against. Uh, and uh, they played kind of decent in their, uh, in their group. Uh, Arya, could you tell us a bit more about uh, Oman and what maybe Iran can expect from them? Yeah, so I think the, their striker is Al-Ghassani, who I think he's maybe scored three goals so far in the tournament. Uh, you know, he's maybe their biggest threat up front. Um, you know, he's maybe one of the most experienced players as well. Uh, I think that we can for sure, uh, you know, they're not a bad side. They've had a couple of, I think we've we played them a couple of years ago uh, in the qualifiers, if I'm not mistaken, and we beat them 2-0, but we also drew with them uh, away from home. I think it was 1-1. So, yeah, you know, I think... Um, they're not a bad side in Asia. They're not the worst side, uh, for sure. Uh, I, I think they'll be. I think it'll be definitely a, a step up uh, from Yemen and Vietnam in that sort of sense. I think maybe we'll see a little bit uh, of a more rounded performance than we did against Vietnam and Yemen, where it was very attacking, a lot of possession. 
Uh, I think we will definitely see a lot more rounded, you know, defence and attack are more more balanced, and I think we'll see a, a you know a, quite a strong lineup being being fielded by Kirosh. But um, I just want to see a, a good performance because, the, like I said, the, the one against Iraq, there was very you know very petulant and wasn't many chances created. Again, only one, no shots on target the whole match. So I hope, like I say, we show a performance that you know we are a team that can play attacking and defensive football you know 90 minutes no problem so hopefully hopefully it'll be a good game and we have to get the, the win to inevitably face China or, or Thailand in, in the quarterfinal. Sina just as Arya mentioned uh, Oman still seems to be a decent team Iran should beat them according to to player by player Iran is better in every position but we always know that that's not the case uh, if when when a team wants to bring back the, the three points. Iran, oh sorry, Oman, barely lost to Japan, 2-1, barely lost to Uzbekistan, 1-0, and had an easy win, should we say, against Turkmenistan in the group uh, when they won 3-1. What do you think that Iran needs to change from the game from Iraq to Oman to make sure that they qualify to the next round? I think, as you said, Oman aren't a team to be underestimated, and I think that goes... Uh, with every single team in the tournament. I think the fact that they are here, even though you know they've only managed to beat Turkmenistan 3-1, they still should be respected and, and, and nothing should be taken for granted. Also, I think that probably the biggest weapon is their manager, Pim Verbeek, who is a very experienced Dutch manager. He's, he's got plenty of experience managing in Asia with South Korea and, and Australia. And I think he's probably the biggest threat. Um, and uh, I think there's a lot that can be changed, especially coming from the Iraq game. I think that the performance needs to improve, but also the lineup. I think we we saw that a play like Dejogahi midfield can be extremely influential to to calm the game down when when uh, maybe some things aren't going our way. To put his foot on the ball and, and start controlling the tempo of the game and and, and uh, stamp our authority on, on on the game and on possession as well. I think in terms of the lineup, the the one thing that I'm I'm really really keen to see is fullbacks, and um, I think. We all saw that Reza Young was was rested for the second game, and I expected him to come in for the game against Iraq. But he, but Kairos continued, and I think that's that's something that we'll have to wait and see uh, whether he'll he'll continue with Rafuri or Reza Young is going to make a comeback. Also, one thing that I'm a little bit worried about is is the fact that until yesterday evening, um, we had no idea who we were playing in the next round. Of course, we we kind of had an idea of whether it'd be Oman, Lebanon, and even North Korea. But it wasn't for sure. It could have been Palestine at one point as well. So um, I know K. We know K. Rush. We know how how much he he uh, researches into the teams. How much he analyzes every team. But I wonder if if he had a couple of more days, knowing that we were playing Oman. I wonder if if his if his homework and if his analysis would have been in in a little bit more detail and would have helped us more. But even in these few days, I think we. We still have a good enough team. I'd like to see Mehdi Torabi come back. Uh, sorry, Mehdi Torabi come back in. I, I strongly believe, and I said this before the tournament, that he still remains our biggest goal threat. Um, I know everyone is so busy with Osmond, and, and I think that's 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 why Torabi is so important for us. That every defense will be busy trying to keep Osmond quiet. That that Torabi can sometimes go unnoticed, and especially when you consider the fact that he's got more freedom coming off left wing. I think in this game again he can be influential again Pejman me and you uh, we've, we've discussed this at length um, 
in in the last few years of how much we tend to struggle against Middle Eastern teams. Um, yeah. Of course, we saw the game against Iraq, um, and, and and in recent years, you know, at Qatar, UAE, etc. And I think this is going to be another one of those games that we we should stay composed. We shouldn't lose our heads because. To be honest, when a smaller side goes up against a bigger side, and rightly so, they try to frustrate you, they try to make you lose your composure, and um, I, I don't think we can afford to do that now. Uh, it's a different, it's a different ball game when you, uh, when you get frustrated in the group stages, you you can still recover from it in the next game, but now there's there's no time for that at all. It's literally a final each game, and and I think that's really important. The mentality and the mindset and the approach that we have in the game, I think that will be what. Um, sets us apart from being a quarter-final or semi-finalist team to actually being the winners. Yeah, I, th- I think, um, Sina, sorry, Pejman, I think you're, you're right about Taremi. I think his combination play with Osmond is, is critical in the attack. But I think Torah B also, if you watched his game against Yemen, he was unbelievable. I think uh, I think Torah B in that trident would be fantastic to see again um, against Oman because I really think Torah B's performance... Uh, even against um, Vietnam was great, and I don't think Jahan Jahan Bach really deserves to start at the moment, you know, because he he didn't show enough against Iraq uh, at all, um, you know, to get on the ball. And I think Torabi, even when he comes, yeah, for me, Jahan Bach was maybe one of the worst players against yeah, Iraq. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, sorry, yeah, you were saying, Maria. Yeah, no, I I say I would I really want Torabi to start, but I think, like I said, Jahan Bach for me, he's become too conservative since he's gone to Brighton. I think he's. I think maybe I can say I think it was on. I was saying on Twitter that it's maybe a coach's order that you know the coach is telling him you have to be defensive, you have to be you know smart. But even in that same setup, Torabi was playing and he was being um, you know ambitious. He was he was taking on his fullback. He was trying to cut inside, trying to take shots from distance. Jamal did nothing against Iraq. He didn't play a good cross in. He didn't well, even he take on his fullback. Times. <laughs> Yeah, he, you know, you know, and I think he, he got, he got a bleeding nose. He, he maybe he'll use it as, a, as an excuse, but for me, it's just, it's not enough. Like a player of his talent, he has to be doing more in the game to get on the ball. For me, he was shying away from the ball for far too much when he could have got it as well. Um, I don't know what, what Cena thinks. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you're right. You're hundred percent right. He, he had a terrible game. Page one is right. He was probably the worst player on the pitch. Um, there's two sides to this we can look at it in from the from the angle that he's he's not played any football since november and um, this is the first game his his match fitness is still major doubts over it to be honest i was surprised that he started he's only been training with the team for a week or so i think so there's that side and also on the flip side i can't remember a time where he did play really well for for iran i really don't don't recall i mean he scored that goal against qatar in the qualification for the world cup uh, in the last, I think he was in the in, in, in injury time, left-footed shot outside the box. But in terms of a performance, I don't recall him being, um, let's say, rep- replicating the performances that he had at um, NEC or as a Dalkham or even at Brighton. And, I think, Sino, uh, one thing I want to say quickly, um, but the thing is, you're saying maybe it's match fitness, he didn't play well, but he's been playing that kind of style of conservative, traditional winner-type football since he's moved to Brighton, you know, since he left um, his last club, he's at Alkmaar. No, no, he didn't. No, no, I mean, um, I don't know what period. Even when he was at Azad Alkmaar, he was doing the same. We yeah, had yeah, conversations absolutely. on why is he not replicating those performances 
for the national team. Now, you're 100% right about Torabi against, against Yemen. And I was really excited because he had more freedom in that game than I have seen Jahanbash ever have. And we saw Torabi even switching positions with, with uh, Ptolemy, having the fluidity to, to, uh, to move all over the pitch. I have never seen Jahanbash being allowed that. Even in the last game against Vietnam, Torabi didn't have that. See, I don't think especially, he's not allowed against, as well. Especially against Iraq. He didn't. Uh, he didn't have that either. And I think, okay, I agree, and I've and I've said this. Torabi is a brilliant player. He's direct. He's pacey. As soon as he gets on the ball, he wants to attack people. Jahanbash is a different player, but he's still head and shoulders above Torabi, and he should be performing better. But he's not been for the past three or I four think, years. I think one thing is, so, it's so the also the... then. So the question mark then goes up to Kairosh, mm-hmm. because then it's the manager's um, responsibility to get the best out of the player. And, yeah. and I agree with you that, uh, to be honest, with Brighton, I don't think he's played enough games for us to say his mentality's changed anyway. He only, how many games did he start? Two or three? So I think, I think it's, it's, it's too early to say anything. But in terms of the national team, and I don't know what Pejman thinks, but I've not seen him perform uh, to the best of his ability, um, I don't know, since Sissons moved to Holland, since he started playing for the national team. But Cena, one thing I want to say is like you you look at a, a player of his of his um value of internationally now he's gone to, to the Premier League, you expect a player like him to to want the ball, you know? Someone to yeah, take the ball and take on a fullback, show what talent he has. And because we know he's a good player. We know how he scored what twenty goals in the air divisie, but it seems as if he's not doing that anymore for for whatever reason, yes, you could say match fitness, but for me, he's been doing it for the past six months. He's he's not been the kind of player that I expect. For example, a really bad example would be Neymar for Brazil. You know, he'll take the ball because he knows he's the best player in his team. He knows he's the best. He's, he wants the ball to take on the fullback and score a goal or make an assist, but he's not even doing that. You know, he's he's like he's trying to shy away, he's trying to okay, I'll, I'll maybe I put a cross in, I win a corner, but he's not even doing that. I think. For me, but totally my point I, is, my point, my point is, you're right. But he's never done it. That's that's the point. It's it's not the last six months. Yeah, he's, but he's we'll never see, done guys. It. We, we'll we'll wait and see. Uh, I think. Uh, what do you think? I think that John Bash could be one of those players that will shine under different type of coach and under different type of player, a uh, style of play. Uh, we all know that the player he's been in the club level haven't been the same uh, at national level. That's maybe because they're different kind of uh, styles and and so on. So we, I mean, that's something that Kairosh have been criticized for for not being able to bring out that Jahan Bach that we've seen uh, at club level in the national level. So uh, we have to just I don't know accept that or or think that uh, maybe he's not a man that will play 90 minutes or he have to shine every time he's done. It's, it's kind of a different situation for Jahan Bakhsh and I'm sure that he feels it himself that he, his full potential can be shown against teams like Oman and uh, Jordan and uh, other Asian teams. Yeah, But he's still young and he's got a future ahead of him still and I'm, I do believe that he will um, take that uh, space and the place in the national team maybe such as Ashkan have done when he played. Sorry, just to interrupt quickly. The only performance I've seen from Jambash that I thought was actually quite good, I don't know if you guys remember, but it was in the qualifiers and he played as a central midfielder alongside, I think it was Izzatullahi and Hoy Safi, but he played in the middle of the park. And I think he was at the time playing as a more attacking midfielder for uh, AZ. It was more like during the Europa League uh, time, he was playing quite central. 
And that was when I thought he was really good because I think he was just he was showing a lot of um, sure, a good, a good the engine. Game isn't isn't something that we could uh, say that he is the, the kind of play yeah. But I think the long term, I think I think Jamash will eventually become a central. I don't think he has the pace anymore to play out wide. For me, oh, I don't think he has the pace. Come on, he's like. 25 i think you're mistaken and um but we'll let's, see we'll let's see. move on let's move on i think it's, it's interesting to keep our eyes on uh, jahan baksh and hopefully he will do good things in brighton as well uh what i wanted to say about uh, oman as well in my opinion they qualified from the hardest group in the asian cup with japan being one of the major contenders for the gold with uzbekistan being the dark horse uh, just behind the uh, big dragons in asia and with Turkmenistan always giving a hard time for the team that will play in Turkmenistan, to be honest. Now here in the Asian Cup in, in UAE, they have been struggling. But uh, the games I've seen from Turkmenistan, they show that they can be, they can be a menace. And uh, they qualified, uh, they earned their qualification. And I'm sure that they will become even better with uh, proper education and good coaching uh, so coming up from that group and barely losing to japan japan and uzbekistan isn't something that they should be ashamed of so the game everybody is on sunday 20th of january and the times are 1800 six o'clock p.m cet five o'clock in london in new york it should be three o'clock maybe <laughs> uh, no, sorry, in, in New York should be 3 o'clock, and uh, the rest I'm sure you can manage to find the time where you are. We uh, posted it on Twitter, it's been to, to all the times are on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Okay, guys, we have a special guest here. It's Elvira, one year old. She wants to sit here and join us. Okay, Elvira, are you ready here? So let's hope it works. <laughs> yeah, I think she's frustrated about the, the game versus Iraq. Only if she likes that. <laughs> Um, I think it's audio. <laughs> yes, yeah, my my Scottish accent. So there's been some controversies. There's something we're used to with Iranian football, but now during the Asian Cup, it's really blown up. I would say, uh, what has happened now is that uh, one of Iran's biggest and probably most famous uh, sports uh, TV, uh, what should you call him? I don't know if he's a journalist, but he's a TV commentator, sports commentator, Jawad Khiyabani. Have lashed out about uh, Carlos Kairosh and uh, giving him some hard love. Uh, the entire speech you can find it on our Twitter. But basically, it's about uh, not being satisfied with Carlos Kairosh uh, performance and what he earns. This is something that's been going on for a while every now and then, uh, but not from uh, Jawad Khiyabani. It's a first time from me, so I just. Quickly want to ask you guys, why does this happen at this moment when Iran is uh, facing uh, Oman for one of their, uh, as you guys said, it's a, every game is a final. So why is this happening and do you agree with the criticism? We can solve it to you, Arya. Yeah, I think Khiyopan is a very emotional guy. You know, he, he'll give a speech about anything and he'll cry about it because he, he he has that kind of emotion when he, when he speaks. You know, yesterday he was speaking about how Kerosh disrespected the Iranian people, how, you know, he was talking about uh, Iranians being poor and 
and all that sort of stuff. And he got into quite quite depth. And eventually, he got to the point where he was saying how much Kairos is getting paid and how much Kairos is making. Why don't you help the poor people of Iran? He was talking about how how people who are poor in Iran still live a happy life. And you know, he was saying, you know, you know, you should just get on with your job. You, you you're a you know, they're paying your taxes, etc. I love the way you say poor, Arya. Sorry, I just had poor. to say it. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the idea was he was just being a bit of a, a crybaby for, for about 10 minutes on TV. I think that uh, for me, I think I get it. But he was twisting his words. To some point, he was twisting his words. But I, I think maybe Cena will touch on it in a, in a, in a, in a second. But I think that it's, it's just... You're trying to say that Kiro shouldn't be causing any more controversy, but by you coming on TV and saying that, you're causing more controversy. So why are you doing that in the first place? <laughs> like, it makes no sense. So I don't know. Like, it's In your opinion, he's just putting some... some yeah, he's trying to say fire. that Kiro is the one causing controversy and he's shedding a light on by Iranians, people who are poor, but he's the <laughs> one that's also doing the same thing. So... You know, stop crying like about it. Yeah, he's just being a little grown-up who's just crying for no reason on TV because he's got a camera there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Interesting. So. Uh, Navid, uh, what's your thoughts about this? And uh, do you think this is something that uh, could eventually help the Iranian football in long terms? Um, I personally was very surprised that um, Carlos Kersh gave an interview like this during the Asia Cup with us facing like the knockout stages coming soon um, because he's usually the, the type of guy who keeps it quiet, who who's just focusing on the team, on the preparation in the next game. So I was a bit surprised that Carlos went like almost all in criticizing everything from A to Z, starting with Branco, starting with the um, sport ministry, starting with the usual complaints about bad preparation, uh, budget issues. So I don't know what his um, intent was in this. Maybe it, I was thinking there could be many like um, reasons. Maybe first of all, after the, 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 the team and him got a lot of critics after the Iraq game, maybe he wants to put all the focus on him, take the pressure off the boys. Or was it just in general, like maybe all these rumors about him leaving, saying, hey, like basically telling like, talking out of his heart like hey what this is what is bothering me is this again one of his mind games trying to get a contract extension i think all in all it was just unnecessary um because i don't think there's any good in this kind of behavior now if it were when we're facing the crucial stages so um especially after him saying i think it was in mid end december him saying Hey guys, let's all unite. Let's all look. Um, let's all try to support Team Millie, even the ones that maybe are not fully supporters. Let's all put our focus and love and hearts for the national team. Let's support our boys. Let's put all the war um, to aside. Let's have peace. But then again, he like also before like brings up these issues. So it's almost like it's like a it's like sometimes like a little stubborn baby. Like he he too he can, puts he fire. He too puts yeah. gas yeah. on the fire. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Sina, I would like to come to you. Let's say it would be a European con- country or European club having controversies as to uh, what would you prefer? Would you prefer Carlos Queiroz being quiet about this during this time and saying, okay, my focus is on the game, it's on the players, on the next game versus Oman, and that's it? Or do you think that he did the right thing answering Xiaobani the way he did? Um, I think Khiloboni 
خیابون رنت واز این انسر تو کیروشز اینترویو رادر دن وایس ورسا بات آی تینک آی مین دس از ا ویری ویری لانگ تاپیک وی کود اسپند ان اور اون ایت بات فور می کارنتلی این دی پاس 18 مانتس دیر از بین ا وال اند ات دی تو اندز وان اف ایم از کیروش دی اوذر وان از اسپورتس منیستری اند اند برانکو ایوانکوویچ این پارتیکولر دی پرسپولیس منیجر ناو Uh, Kairos has had the same complaints all the way through for eight years. And we, we saw it ahead, uh, in and around the 2014 World Cup. We talked about the, the lack of uh, infrastructure, the lack of support, etc., etc. But he was very diplomatic in the way he said it, in the way that he basically united everyone for the first time in my life that I saw, that I saw the media and the fans. Everyone comes together in support of him against the sports ministry. Now, that's completely changed. And he's been he's been very wild in in his attacks. He's uh, he uses uh, he, he's been he, uh, to be honest. I'm not a big fan of the way he's been handling the past 18 months. And I think there's a there's a way to complain. There's a way to to make your point. But the way he's doing it right now, that's not the correct method to do it. Um, Navid is right. We ha- just before the uh, beginning of Asian Cup, a couple of days before, he said, right, let's stop all this. Let's stop all the fighting. Let's all just support the Iran national team in this tournament. Okay, fine. Whatever's happened before has happened before. And then after the, uh, I think it was after the Yemen game, he came out and he he basically had to go at Branko for something that I, I to be honest, I still don't understand because uh, he was saying Branko is a genius. He was supporting. He was he was uh, congratulating the Iraqi manager. Iraq is our uh, rival. Why is he congratulating, etc.? Why are you making a comment? Why are you giving these interviews? Why now? After the Iraq game, come out and, and attack the sports ministry in that manner. Don't get me wrong, I, I co- I'm completely against the sports ministry. They're incompetent, and so is the IFF. We've talked about it multiple times. That's never going to change. With the tournament, the business end is just about to start the knockout stages, and now the civil war that had already been started in the 18 months for me is being pushed to a, to a point where I know that we all know. Oh, that Kairos is is on the verge of signing the contract with Colombia and and leaving us after the Asian Cup. But I think even if that he, he is is gotten to a point where I think it's the best for everyone if he leaves because the current atmosphere in Iranian football is absolutely toxic. It's it's a mess. Uh, to be honest, I don't yeah. want to go through the news feed because of the things that I'm reading from different people. I read people. I read what disgusting. you said, Tina, on Twitter yesterday about how like some fans in Iran, especially maybe Persepolis fans and SLL fans, maybe even the same that. Even if Iran win the Asian Cup, it won't make a difference to the the amount of support they have for Kairos the national team because the, the country's supporters have become so against the national team. In a really, in a way, it's as if like the national team is not even important anymore. You know, I think well, that the, people who bad who've who've been who've who've followed Iranian football for a long time, in particular the club football, they know that the fan culture in Iran is a complete mess. It's really toxic. It's, it's It's too much tribalism, even worse than England, and I think England is terrible at that as well. And, Guys, and, and I have nothing good to say to, to say about that. But I expected more uh, from Kairos to be more diplomatic, to be able to deal with it in a in a in a much better manner that he has done. And it's really disappointing, especially with the interview yesterday. I was really really disappointed. Yeah, I think as you said, you know, this is a this is a topic that could go on for hours and. Maybe if uh, Kairos leaves the national team after the Asian Cup, I'm sure we'll have plenty of time uh, going through that. One last thing now. I would like to everyone just to make a quick prediction of all the games in the round of 16. So I will say them one by one and just make your predictions. And after that, uh, we get 
is ready for Iran versus Oman on Sunday. Okay, you guys ready? Let's start with. Are you saying by scoreline or just a win, win, lose or scoreline? Okay. Okay. First game: Jordan versus Vietnam. Guys, just Jordan, Jordan two nil. Oh, sorry. Um, I think it's gonna be Jordan is gonna beat Vietnam. Yeah, two nil. They, I think they're gonna win it easily. Vietnam is not a big threat to them. I'll go slightly different. I'll go two one to Jordan. I'll say Vietnam takes it two one. Next game: Thailand versus China. And what's interesting about that game is that the winner of that game will play against the winner in Iran and Oman. Uh, Thailand versus China is an interesting game where China would be maybe the, the favorite. So I would say a 2-0 for China. I think uh, Thailand lost to India, was it 4-1? Something like yeah. that. So, yeah, I think China will, will smash them. I think they will smash them 4, four or 5 nil. I think it will be a more closer game, 1 or 2 nil for China. I'm going to go slightly different because China, I think they'll be missing the top goal scoring. It was really crucial for the group stage. And I think Thailand might be able to nick it, uh, maybe 1 nil. Oh, interesting. Sunday game, the Iran versus Oman. I'll say 1-0 Iran. <laughs> TPK Rush points. I'm yeah. gonna say I'm gonna say three 0 run. I'm gonna say I'll give you the goal scores. I'm gonna say Torabi two goals. And I think Imagine Osini will get a header in, in the, from the far post corner. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it will be a one 0 in the 60th minute. It will be a very uh, tough and a very like defensively minded game from Oman's side. I think so. Only one 0 but that's what all we need. <laughs> I'll go one 0 I'll go a bit different. I'll go for an extra time winner. <laughs> for Monday's games. There's an early final, maybe the, the toughest game in the round of 16, Japan versus Saudi Arabia. Mm. I don't think any of those teams wanted to meet each other, meet each other at this point. I'm going to go for a surprise, and I'm going to say Saudi will win 2-1 here. Yeah, I'm going to say, I think um, I think it'll be a penalty show. I think they'll go mm. penalties. I think Japan might just edge on penalties, I think. I think it will be a very close game. Like Australia didn't perform so well so far. I was going to say Saudi Arabia almost has the home advantage, but um, with the referee's help, maybe. But I think it could be a very close game. So I think 1-1, then an extra time, Australia is going to win it 2-1. I'm with Ari. I think it's going to go to penalties. Mm. I'm, I'm going to favor Saudis. I think they're a bit underestimated. I think they'll win this one. Interesting. But they played very poor against Qatar, so I don't know. It's hard to well, say. Well, Qatar played really, really good against Saudi Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Yeah, you right. can say it like that. Yeah. Australia versus Uzbekistan, and uh, here I will go for the penalties. And it's not what I think, but what I hope for is uh, the Uzbeks winning in it, winning the game in penalties. Yeah, I think penalties is a good show. I mean, I think Australia, if they play that, because our Nabil, the, the the winger, I thought he was really good recently. I think if they play that kind of like young team that they have, I think they can win it in 90 minutes. But if not, then I think penalty shows is a good show. Um, I think um, Uzbekistan is going to make it. A one nil regular time. So Australia didn't perform so well so far, and I think it could be a surprise. I want Uzbekistan to go through, so I'm going to jinx them, and I'm going to say Australia will win to <laughs> one in ninety minutes. <laughs> Interesting. Next game will be the host UAE versus one of the surprises, the interesting side uh, games so far, Kyrgyzstan. It's a tough one here. I do believe the Kyrgyzes will make a surprise here as well and win two zero. Um, I think. Um, UAE is a favorite in this game, so one nil. Um, I think extra time UAE wins three nil. UAE Ali Mahfoud hat trick. Ooh, <laughs> there's been plenty of hat tricks in these games so far. It's great fun to see. Then we have on the 22nd of January, one of the 
biggest favorites and now with the uh, Son being in the team, South Korea gonna play Bahrain. I think it's gonna be six one. I just like to see the Bahrain is scoring six and you know uh, South Korea scoring six and scoring the seven two and own goal. So six one <laughs> South Korea. Yeah, I think South Korea will win it. Uh, I think two nil. Um, I think it's gonna be a three nil. Yeah, two goals on the Son. I'll go to complete the set. So I'll say one nil. Uh, South Korea probably for one game the goal. Mm. You're so hips. <laughs> um, and the final game would be a really interesting one, in my opinion. A super strong and interesting Qatar. They've been playing lovely football and they have an amazing young uh, striker up front already scoring seven goals. Uh, surely he will be uh, the MVP here. Uh, Going to play against Iraq. That's uh, We've seen uh, been struggling against Vietnam, playing good against Iran. So you can't count them out by any means. Uh, Qatar, Iraq, Iraq. Uh, oof, it's it's a hard one there. I'll say two one Qatar in uh, after extra time. I think it'll be one nil Qatar. I think Pedro Miguel Correra, the Qatari player, will score the winner. <laughs> um, hang up, th- guy. <laughs> I'm thinking it's going to be two nil, two nil Qatar. Oh, you guys are underestimating Iraq. Iraq are all, always strong in knockouts. I'm going to go for a penalty shootout winner for Iraq. But I think Qatar is a very great quality in the team and they're really superior against a strong team like Saudi, so I think they will make it. Trust, no, no one can match the motivation and desire that Iraq has in knockouts. I've never seen an Asian team do it like they mm. do. They can never be underestimated, underestimated, regardless of their quality. Hey, this is Arash Markazi from ESPN and you're listening to Golbezat, your one-stop shop for all your Iranian soccer news. Okay, guys. So it's time to wrap it up. Uh, I'd like to thank Arya Laverdi, Sina Samian, and our guest uh, Navi Taher for giving their uh, views and opinions. Then Iran versus Oman game. Be sure to follow us uh, on Twitter because we'll be tweeting about the game before the game, maybe even during the game, and of course after the game. Uh, until next time, have a lovely weekend, and let's hope to do 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 Iran.